Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the love that we have through Jesus Christ. Uh, We thank you for the gift of each day. Uh, We thank you for the gift of last year and and for the gift of the coming year. Uh, Lord, help us to honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Growing up, one of my favorite books was The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Mark Twain, maybe you read that. Uh, I remember reading through it a couple of times, and uh, a lot of the scenes hit me, but I remember one scene that kind of stuck with me was, with, was when, uh, when uh, Tom, Tom Sawyer, you know, fakes his own death. You remember that? And then he crawls into the back, he sneaks into the back of the church and listens uh, from the balcony to his own funeral service. You know, you know I've done a, a lot of funerals over the years, probably close to 200, give or take a little bit. And uh, often I find myself, as I'm preparing for the service, I find myself thinking about my, my own funeral someday. That sounds kind of morbid, but I don't, you know, I don't see it that way. I mean, I'm not going to be there, you know, obviously. Uh, but I hope it's a service that points people to Jesus. I hope it's a service with some, some good music, uh, some, some of my favorite scriptures. And it'd be nice if there were some cool memories or stories about my life, things that would, you know, encourage and, and comfort uh, my, my loved ones and give them hope, not for just this life, but for the next. Do you ever think about your own funeral? It seems like a, maybe not the best question to ask at the beginning of a new year, but I think it's fitting to ask that question as we end an old year and start a new one, because for a lot of us, New Year's resolutions... We, we kind of giggle and laugh when we see that because it resonates with us. You know, we, we set resolutions, we, we intend to make changes, and sometimes we do, but in other areas we fail, and we stick with it for a while, and then we don't. The new year is a time for making resolutions, right? When we look back at our life in the last year, we look forward to our life in the coming year. Going to lose weight, you know, going to get in shape. Uh, Going to go to church more often, going to read my Bible more, going to spend more time with God, going to work on my marriage, going to spend more time with loved ones, going to drop some bad habits, going to start some new ones, going to make changes, real changes. And I think it's important for us to reflect on that because the changes, the choices that we make today, they accumulate and they determine the direction of our life. And our funerals, if they're honest, will reflect back upon our lives. So let's, let's think about that for a moment. So let's say, like, like Tom Sawyer, we're, we're in a balcony at our own funeral. And four people have been asked to make remarks about us. We have a family member, a good friend, somebody from work, maybe somebody from church. They're all going to take a few moments and say things about you, but there's a catch. Everything they say about you has to be absolutely true. No exaggerations, no flowery statements that, you know, that stretch reality. What would you like each person to be able to say, honestly say, about you? What kind of person do you want them to say that you were? You know, what kind of husband or wife or son or daughter or friend or coworker? What would you want them to say about your character? What would you want them to say about your values. As you look around at the people who are there at your service, what difference would you want to have made in their lives? I mean, what phrase would you like to hear, hope to hear? That he was a hard worker. She always had a smile and saw the positive side of things. 
You could depend on him for anything. He was a great friend. He was always there for you. She was generous and caring. I've never met a person who's more honest. You know, Stephen uh, Covey, author of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, says that thinking through these questions, just thinking through what you would like people to say at your, your funeral, will help you make plans for the future so you don't find yourself looking back on your life someday with a lot of regrets about the things you did do or about the things that you, you didn't do. The things you wanted to cultivate in your life and the things that you never got around to. So, so this morning, as we end this year and as we look to 2024, we're going to look at some verses in the Proverbs full of wisdom, pithy statements about how to live our lives, and some verses in the New Testament as we start 2024. Now, in planning your life, there are two mistakes to avoid. One is to spend your whole life looking forward, never living in today. You're never present. We know people like that, probably. Maybe sometimes we found ourselves doing that, looking forward to the next experience, the next trip, the next accomplishment, the next vacation, but never really enjoying the present. On the other hand, we have the mistake of maybe spending your life only for today. It's only about today, only about the experience, only about what you can feel or, or accomplish in this day, but never really thinking intentionally about where I want to go in life. Who do I want to be as a person? What kind of difference do I want to make? And the Bible warns against both of those extremes. But there is a happy medium, a balance that can be achieved. And this is it. Live today like it matters for all eternity. Because it does. Live today as if it matters for all eternity because it does. I mean, what you do today will make a difference in how you perceive the value of your life when your time on earth is through. The Bible says this in Proverbs 14. The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways. To be intentional about their life. To reflect about their life. To be intentional about their choices and their values. And what they spend their their time and their resources and their talents on. Now maybe you're sitting here today and you think, maybe, maybe you think, man, I wasted yesterday. Maybe you think, I've wasted a lot of yesterdays. I know that I've done that more than I'd like to admit. But today is yours. Today, you can begin to take charge of today and begin doing things to ensure that you will get the most out of today. And in the process, as you do that each and every day in the days to come, you'll begin to make your future what you want it to be. So so here are three things you can do to plan a life without with minimal regrets. We're going to we're not going to get it perfect, right? We're always going to have some regrets, but. But here are three things we can do. First, decide the kind of person that you want to be. Not just some vague idea, but who do you want to be? And then do something today to make that true. To make it a reality. What values are most important to you? Because what you value determines your choices, determines the trajectory of your life determines who you become as a person. And values are not values if you don't live them out. They're just wishes and intentions, aren't they? 
Now, as we read the Apostle Paul, it's obvious that he was a very focused guy. He placed a great deal of importance on consistency and faithfulness in his life. Now, he didn't get it perfect. I mean, he's a guy who wrote in Romans 7, I don't do what I want to do, and things I want to do, I don't. But he says this near the end of his ministry in in 2 Timothy. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Earlier in his ministry, Paul said this, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Now, if you were to ask the Apostle Paul the question, what do you want to be true about you? What do you want to hear said about you if you were at your own funeral? I think he'd most likely say, I want to be found faithful. I want to be faithful to the very end. How did he make sure that would happen? He knew what kind of person he wanted to be, and every day he did something to make it true. That's why he said this in 1 Corinthians 9. I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Now, he's, he's speaking metaphorically here. He's not talking about self-flagellation. He's not masochistic here. The point he is making is in order to be found faithful at the end of his race, he had to be faithful today. And he lived every day as if it had eternal significance. So, do you want to live a life of significance? Do something significant today. Do you want to be known as generous? Give of your time, your talent, your treasures today. Do you want to be known as a kind person? Do something kind today. Do you want to be known as hardworking and, and disciplined, able to accomplish stuff? Take steps to discipline yourself today. Whatever you want to be true about you, do something today to start making it true. So I want to give you a little homework assignment to work on this week. When you go home, think of three, the three most important character qualities that you would like to see developed in your life. For the next week, do at least one thing each day that will move you in the direction of making that character quality a reality in your life. So say you you want to be known as a considerate person, somebody who thinks about others and puts their needs before yourself. Then for the next seven days, go out of your way to be considerate at least once a day. And if you do this with each of the three qualities, at the end of the week, you will have taken 21 steps toward becoming the kind of person that you want to be. People who live lives of significance do not get there by accident. They don't just fall into it. They get there by effort, by intention, by following through. A prudent person gives thought to their steps, Proverbs 14, 15. Secondly, in planning a life with minimal regrets, you must focus on what you want to give and contribute rather than what you're going to get. This reflects Jesus' own mission statement and intention with his life, where he said in Luke 10.45, I have come not to be served, but to serve and to give, contribute my life as a ransom for many. 
You've, you've probably seen these goal-setting seminars on TV or, or on YouTube, you know, where they have the spokesperson uh, or a leader who encourages people to make a wish list of the things they want to have and then kind of speak it into existence almost. I'm going to make a quarter million a year. I own a Mercedes. I live in a 5,000-square-foot home. I take vacations to the Caribbean three times a year, things like that. The main problem with this kind of goal setting is that the entire focus is on what you get. And there's a big difference between having things and experiencing things and living a life of significance. So I would encourage a different approach. Instead of setting a goal for how much money you'll make, set a goal for how much money you'll give. Instead of setting a goal for a certain promotion, set a goal for what you can do to add value as an employee, to your company. The difference is more than just semantics. It's a matter of focus. Because things do not make life significant. The significance that we have in life is determined by what we do, what we give, what we contribute, not by what we get. Proverbs 11, Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. So what is, what is King Solomon, the author of, this, of, of much of the Proverbs, what's he saying? He's reminding us that what you do is more important than what you have. That who you are is more important than what you do. It is your, your, your accomplishments, not your acquisitions, that give your life significance. Think about what you want to accomplish and what you want to do with your life. You know, I, I believe that if you are committed to doing God's will in your life, if you're seeking him with your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, you're loving him, he will give you a, a vision of, of what he wants you to do with your life. The desire of the righteous ends only in good. Proverbs 11. A third way you can create a significant life is to Look for eternal significance in what you do. You know, there are three, there's a story about three brick workers. They were working on this building and they were asked what they were doing. One said, I'm, I'm laying bricks. Uh, the other one said, I'm making $30 an hour. The third one said, I'm building a cathedral for the glory of God. All three doing the same job. All three with a different perspective about it. The key to significance to living a satisfying life with minimal regrets is to recognize the eternal value of the little things that you do each and every day. You know, I was reading an article uh, in which a young widow told this story. It was about a year after her husband, Tim, had passed away. She and her family were having Thanksgiving dinner, and everyone was saying what they were thankful for. And her eight-year-old son said, I'm thankful for the days that Dad went outside and played catch with me. The woman said, Tim's office was at the house. And whenever a client missed an appointment, he would take Michael outside to play catch. And he did this to diffuse his anger over the client missing a session. He had no idea. He was creating a memory that would last a lifetime. If he had realized how significant it was, I'm sure he would have done it more often. Every day matters. And the details of our lives may seem mundane, but they are filled with eternal significance. 
we might think we're just killing time, but we could be strengthening the bond of a relationship. It might seem just like small talk, surfacey stuff to us, but we could be saying something that will change somebody's life forever. We might think we're just laying bricks, but we could be building a cathedral for the glory of, of God. Look for meaning in the little things of life. We see this principle in the life of Christ over and over again. He's walking along the road with the disciples. He looks at a tree. He teaches them a lesson about discipleship. He's sharing a meal with, with a friend, and he turns it into a, a life-changing experience. Do you want to create a life with minimal regrets? Remember that there are no throwaway moments. Every day matters. Look for the eternal significance in your work, in your words, in your relationships, and in your actions. Be intentional about how you live your life. Maybe you've seen this on, on TV uh, or uh, seen a couple of videos of it. Uh, on, in Newport Beach, California, every year they have this, this massive sand sculpture um, exhibition and contest. And so the, these, these guys and gals come in and they make castles and, and dragons and, and people and celebrities and cars and animals and all these things built out of sand. Uh, and people come from all over to, to ooh and awe over the masterpieces. But if you go back the same stretch of beach just a few days later, it's all gone. As if it never existed or ever happened. The tide came in and washed it all away. Your life doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be washed away and forgotten. You can live a life of significance. You can become the person you want to be. The key is to live today like it matters for all eternity because, because it does. One more thing. And this is the most important part. Do not make this only a matter of your willpower. We can strive we can try, we can resolve, we can see progress, we can accomplish things. But do not make this only a matter of willpower, because there are times we will fall short, we'll get frustrated, and we will give up. I'm not saying don't try. God gives us the ability to choose. He gives us the human will to persevere and to achieve. But the human will has limits. And maybe you're sitting here today looking at the last year and looking to the next year and you've hit your limits. You want to make changes, but you just can't seem to. Or you know you should want to make changes, but you don't want to. And you can't seem to change that. If that's you, then there's good news because you're right on the edge of something new. You're right on the edge of something good because God specializes in doing things that we cannot do for ourselves. God specializes in working with people who have reached the end of their limit and admit it. God can do something new in your life. But you need to surrender to him. You need to turn to him to see real and lasting change.
So as you start the new year, along with all your resolutions, along with your willpower, tap into the power of God. Seek Him in prayer. Spend time in His Word. Gather with His people for support and encouragement because we're not designed to do this by ourselves. Ask the Holy Spirit to to fill you and, and fight for you because He will. Ask God to, as King David did, to give you a clean heart and a, and, a, and a steadfast spirit. Ask God to do a new thing in you, and He will. He will. Because nothing is impossible with God. Real change is possible. You can live a life that you want to live. You can be the person that you want to be. But it begins with surrendering to God. It begins with turning your life over to Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before You and we thank You, Lord, that You have created us to know You and to love You, to live a life of significance that lasts for eternity. Lord Jesus, we come before you and we acknowledge that we have tried to do it on our own in different areas of our lives. And if we're honest with ourselves, Lord, we know that we have limits. So Lord, forgive us when we, when we just give up. Help us, Lord, to turn to you. Fill us with your Spirit. Take out our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. Give us a new and steadfast spirit. Orient our lives towards you. And Lord, help us to move beyond good intentions to choices and actions each and every day that honor you and that are in line with becoming a person that points others to Jesus. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. We come to this table today as a way of acknowledging our need for Jesus Christ.